Recorded live. All right, welcome into NFR Live. Today we'll be talking trestles. Uh, you know, when that speckled trout bite comes, it's like a, a people have tunnel vision and they have blinders on and they just see stuff. They want to get to those bridges, catch those speckled trout. Um, Luke O'Neill joins us. Luke had a great trip. Um, what was it? it? Was last week, huh, Luke? <clears throat> yeah, it was last week. It was uh, the twenty third. Yeah, and um, that seemed to be the peak. I don't know if it's going to peak back, um, but it seems to be getting a little tricky out there. We've seen some reports of um, the live shrimp making more of an appearance on on anglers' boats, and uh, the speckled trout really enjoying that and enjoying the plastic a little less. But um, let's talk about your trip a little bit, Luke. That was 100% plastic, correct? Correct. Um, yeah. Talk talk about the trip. Um, what time y'all got started, and um, just some of the things that you've uh, noticed out there to help help some people out, help some listeners out. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll run you through the day. So we uh, we started early. Always like to get out there early, and um, we we left. I mean, right at daylight, we were out in the lake already, and we could see the boats coming. We actually launched out of uh, Car Drive Canals. Had a, we know somebody with a private launch. So we, he was nice enough to let us use it and avoid the crowds at the launch. So that's nice. tip number one. If you can do something like that, definitely suggest it because it was nice. But uh, we made it out there. It was a southwest wind. It was blowing right into and We launched on North Shore, so it was blowing right into us. Um, hmm. And it was pretty rough. I, and, I mean, I don't have a big boat or anything, just a 16-foot flat, but it was pretty rough. So we ran on the east side of the bridge to try to let it, you know, block some of the wind for us. And I made my way south. And for whatever reason, I've always done better on the south side and I always like to start over there. And as I was running, I always look at the water clarity and see, you know, if I see a big change or something, and I'll stop and fish, or if it looks like it's getting muddier, you know, I'll, I'll turn around and go back. But uh, we worked our way south, and there's already a bunch of boats out there. And uh, just kind of pulled in line on the west side of the bridge because that's where we've been catching the fish. And pretty quickly we noticed the tide was uh, falling. So, you know, theory says you're supposed to be on the east side of the bridge when the tide's falling and be on the down current. but one mm-hmm. thing I noticed was all the boats were on the west side, or the majority anyway. So we started fishing, and it didn't take us long to catch. We caught four or five right off the bat. That you know that early morning flurry, I'll say. And uh, then we kept on working down, and boats were steady piling in, and it was getting more crowded, and the the wind wasn't making it any easier to troll that way. And uh, I said, you know what, let's. I kept noticing the tide falling, so let's go try the other side. And I trolled under the bridge, and I came out on the east side, and I looked and had, shoot, probably a mile between the two boats, you know, on both sides. I mean, it was mm-hmm. night and day. So That's look, how it typically is. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, when boats, I guess when they see people catching on one side, that that's what they do. Yep, 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 that's it. So we... Yeah, we started fishing the down current of the tide. Tide was actually moving pretty hard early that day. So we had actually had to always go out there, usually with two poles, one with a 3-8 ounce and one with a half ounce jig head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
this time of year, especially the clear water, I always like a, a natural, more natural color. And the water is pretty clear than before that weather had come through. So usually some kind of mullet or shad color bait. Um, then we, so we got on the east side of the bridge and started fishing. And pretty quickly, we started picking a few up, you know, here and there. It wasn't fast and furious, but we we noticed that we would just have to troll and you'd catch two or three and then, you know, maybe go another 30 or 40 yards and catch two or three or four more. And we just kept on doing that. And the tide was steadier, steadily slowing down. And I think that day it was predicted to switch around nine or ten, if I remember correctly. And um, so what we did was we kept working south on the bridge, and by about nine o'clock, the the tide had slowed down pretty significantly, and we actually switched over, took off the half ounce jig heads. And when it starts slacking like that, I'll put on a quarter ounce jig head, and I find a lot of times you can get more bites doing that. And I'll, that's my always a rule of thumb, as light as you can go where you can still get to the bottom and feel the bite. And that, so that's what we did. So we started throwing some quarter out. And my buddy, we had three of us, and my, one of my buddies was still with a three-eighths, and he was still catching fish. So either one was working. But, um, once the tide started slowing around nine-ish or so, the fish really slowed down. I mean, at one point between nine and ten or ten-thirty, somewhere in that time frame, it they almost shut off. I mean, we went a while without getting a bite. And I started, and that, about that time is when most of the boats started leaving. I mean, it was, they looked like a bass boat tournament taking off. They were headed to the launch. <laughs> yeah, you know, one starts, one goes, and then the other one gets the idea, and it's like, oh, I guess the fish aren't here anymore, or they're not biting. Yeah, and, you know, and I mean, I was, at that point, I was, we had 20 or 30 fish, roughly, and I was actually getting a little discouraged, but I, you know, I, I had a friend that had come down that uh, fishes up at Monroe with me that he had never been trout fishing. So I was like, man, I'm gonna try and get him on a good trip and, uh, you know, hopefully finish out the day with either a limit or close to it. So we kept on, we kept on grinding and we'd catch one here and there. And then um, my, my buddy Devin Ricks, you know, we've done a couple of interviews and videos, but mm-hmm. he's real good out there. And he was the one that actually, around 10-ish or 10.30, he threw up right between the pylons. I mean, you know, if you've been to the trussles, you can see there's, there's on a set of pylons, there's three on each side. So there's in total six pylons on one set of pylons. And he was putting his bait literally between the two pylons on the outside with the falling tides and letting it go on a slack line all the way to the bottom. And that's how he was getting a bite. I mean, it had to be right on the pylon. And then, oh, man. That, and once we figured that out, it picked back up again. I mean, we could do that. We could duplicate that on every pylon. Just and and telling you, if you didn't make the cast, you weren't getting a bite. And I mean, that's I've incredible. seen it pretty. I've seen it pretty, you know, uh, specific out there, but I've never seen it like that to where. Um, so describe that again. You're talking in between. Like literally in between the shortest distance between each pole. Right. So if you're if you're facing direct if you're lined up directly with a set of pylons, there's six mm-hmm. pylons. There's there's three, you know. Right. So right. Just, you're three on each side. Well, you're throwing directly in between the two outside ones. So you're on an angle. You're 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 casting on uh, an angle I mean, when you're looking at the bridge. Depending on where the boat is. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, you could be in an angle. But, the, I mean, the goal is to get it right up against them two outside pockets mm-hmm. pretty much. And that tide wasn't bothering uh, the movement in, in, in terms of uh, throwing it that close to the pylon where it would, it would knock it into the wall or into the concrete? Um, no, it wasn't. It was, it, like, it was pretty slack at this time. I mean, there's the slight fall still, which we were still on the down current side. So, if anything, it would just kind of pull it away from the pylons a little bit. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it really didn't affect it that much. And I think we had – we still kept on the quarter and the three-eighths ounce. Uh, I think we broke off – we did break off a couple times, I think. But uh, so we were throwing either one. But it was just that, that positioning of the bait and making sure you – it was also important to make sure you let it fall on a slack line so you wouldn't pull it away from the pylon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as we did that, I mean, we started catching fish again. And the fish, the quality got really nice. I mean, we were, the morning we were catching, you know, 12 to 14 inches. And after that little lull when we figured them out again, they were, you know, all over 14, most of them, the the 14 to 16 inch range. I think we had a couple around 18. So, and it was a, it was, they started getting really good quality. And by this time, the, the wind had laid down which was actually predicted that day to be up to 20 miles an hour. And it was glass by the, by the time we left. But, um, and most of the boats had left too. Like I said, they left around nine o'clock. So a lot of them missed that bite, which even, even some of the people that were still there just, you know, just didn't have it figured out, which I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a really subtle bite at the same time. And you had to have the positioning, right? So I could see how it could definitely be difficult to do. Um, I'm trying to think yeah, of any other details. That's that's so interesting, you know, when you figure them out like that. I mean, especially, you know, knowing that where you're going to get a hit and where you're not going to get a hit, you know, especially on the bridge. That's so fun. What um? Now you were fishing with a man a quarter ounce, I, I, and you can you you feel the bottom all right at the trestles with that. I do, and it actually, wow. in my opinion, it makes it a little easier to feel bites because you you can feel a fish pick it up versus when with a heavier jig head, it, it just falls straight to the bottom. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I find it, it it's more sensitive in my opinion. So mm-hmm. uh, that's always my rule of thumb is as light as you can go. I mean, I won't go lighter than a quarter, but as light as you can go in that half ounce to quarter ounce range and still feel the bottom, still feel the bite. And mm-hmm. say like the only that, time I go to a quarter is, is when we're in that grass when we're fishing that, that northern shoreline and that grass, that eel grass starts getting hung up on us, and we need to switch over to a quarter. But I, I, I can, I don't think I've ever made, uh, done a quarter at the trestles or the causeway. But I might have to try that. All right, George, yeah. George, you there? Yeah, I'm here. There you go. See, is that you that that posted a trip recently? Wait, I'm sorry. He's crazy dog for Boston. Did you make a trip? Um, I thought I saw you post a trip recently. No, that was, that was something I talked about from a while back. That no. was with the with the uh, with the thing about the fish. I haven't no. that is so illegal, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In that freezer, you know. Yeah, that that that's a very interesting topic there, with all the laws there. Especially the over the limit. Well, I, I think the the only time that's going to come into play is when you're illegally fishing. Because I don't think 
uh, if they if they stop you out there and you're legal and you ain't got nothing illegal, I don't think they're coming to you. No reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's just a scary thought to to know that that is on yeah, the I mean, if they weird, wanted to do know? that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've always wondered about that that two day uh, possession myself, and I was like, well, what do they mean? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, I guess even each age, you know, must probably give you a different uh, interpretation on it. You know, yeah. Honest, you know? Well, all right. Um, back to Trestles, Trestles, Luke. Um. Anything else you can add? I, I'm assuming the action was at 174, maybe? Um, the, yeah. The main absolutely. action is boat traffic? Yeah, it was around 174. Um, <laughs> that's usually, you know, that's, that's the community hole on the bridge. That's it. The whole bridge, <laughs> that's it. The whole bridge isn't one, but that's definitely the, the area. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, another thing I could say is just, be patient out there with people because when everyone's out there, it, it gets crazy. I mean, there was some, we had some close calls with people, you know, you know, fishing a little too close or running, running too close. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know why people do that when, you know, but anyway, so, but yeah, just be courteous out there. And, um, but pay attention to conditions is the, the biggest thing I can say. I mean, without us figuring that out, we might have went home with 20 or 30 instead of 57. So, yeah, man, that's, yeah. And that's great when you can make a trip like that and things get to where you think it's over. You know, that, that lull, it's like, well, I guess, the, you know, the best part of the trip's behind us, and then you can get on them like that again. It really really breaks the trip up into two, you know, into half, and the better half on the on the tail end, especially when nobody's out there fishing. You don't have to worry about hiding or anything, you know? Right. That was, that was probably my favorite thing from uh... – we also went back in December, you know, when you interviewed me and caught them 50. And um, we had the whole bridge yourself just about. I mean, this time it wasn't like that. But when, when everyone left, it was nice. It was really enjoyable. And the lake yeah. the lake ended up getting almost smooth as glass. Uh, it was a, ended up being a really nice day out there. Um, also, oh, I did want to add, um, I haven't personally fished some of the other bridges. Uh, Twin Spans, Highway 11, and even the Causeway now, but I have been hearing uh, through the grapevine that all three of those are producing as well. So if you want to avoid some of the boat traffic out there. Yeah, um, Causeway. Uh, yeah, Devin went out there a couple of days ago, and or yesterday, and they they caught a few fish. It wasn't anything great, which ended up getting too rough. He only spent about an hour out there, but they did catch some fish. So. Mm-hmm. But I imagine I imagine May is always the month for the causeway usually. And I think as I was reading a couple reports of the guys that went the other day to the trestles, the live shrimp bite's gonna pick up out there. Um and which is not what I like to hear, but I mean a lot of people that fish live shrimp like to hear it because it makes you know, where you can really catch them on them live shrimp and plastics are getting tougher and tougher. But um I'll what's, start. what's your theory to that, Luke? Why why do we see that pick up, at, at, you know, the closer we get to summer and in summertime, it's just, that's just about all you can use is, is live shrimp, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a, a couple of theories. I don't know if it's because in the wintertime or especially when it's colder, uh, 
there's not as much bait around live, you know, natural live bait. So maybe plastics work better. Then as the, you know, toward the summertime, the bait's going to leave the lake as the fish do to head out to the saltier water. But um, I think maybe that's what, partially why the bait's starting to, the bait will accumulate, you know, in that area uh, in, toward the Wrigley's and all that. I mean, all you have is Wrigley's and Chef Pass. That's where they're going to go mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. I feel like as the, the bait, uh, it warms up and the bait starts moving through there again, it's easier to catch them on live shrimp. That's, the, I mean, maybe another, someone else could have a better theory, but I'm never worried about it. Typically, once I go out there and I can't catch them on plastics anymore, I'll either, you know, move to a different area, as in, like, not the bridges at all, or I'll go red fishing or switch over to bass fishing or something, which typically, mm-hmm. once it gets hot, I'll, I'll stick with bass fishing a lot in the summer or sight fishing for reds, mm-hmm. which um, I'm excited to do this summer. I've already seen a lot of good reports of some reds being caught, and so I'm looking oh, forward yeah, to the that. the redfish. The redfish are really, really gaining popularity, especially the sight fishing, you know. George, you got a theory as far as, as live shrimp? Why do we see the live shrimp bite take over pretty much the closer, closer we get to summer? I did, well, I, I think that the, the plastic's not moving like they want when you tight line it. But then if you if you go with birds and, and you put you put double plastic on and you're moving it so quick and popping it that uh, it's I guess it's mimicking the, uh, the shrimp. A lot of times what I do is, uh, if they if they're not hitting the, the regular paddle tails or anything, I use those. Uh, what is it? The, I can't think of it. It's bigger than a food. Live target. Yeah, live target. They're a little bit bigger, you know, than a voodoo. Uh, uh, I showed Miguel. I had a lot more uh, strikes on that than than a voodoo, and we had live shrimp with us. And I, hmm. I switched. I switched to that live target, and uh, was catching them one after another, quicker than the live shrimp. So, uh, I guess it's just the way you pop it is different because you can pop it harder. You can make it move more than than the shrimp because you try not to really kill it. You know. Now, Academy make Academy's brand is a bigger shrimp than that Voodoo. Um, I What's guess it's your choice. Have you ever seen those? Mm, I'll have to look for them next time I go because uh, I must have been at Bass Pro the first time I, I bought them because I had some gift cards. And then I went to go to uh, Augusta's to get some. And I seen they were like $10 a pack, you know, and I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's you know, Tournament right. Choice. I think it's Tournament Choice brand. It's an Academy House brand, I, I believe it's Tournament Choice, and it's, it's a bigger it's a bigger shrimp than the Voodoo. It looks just like the Voodoo. I, I don't know yeah, if they get it from China. Uh, I know Voodoo gets them from China. He gets it all packaged think, uh, and everything. I think H2O makes them, too. Yeah, that's it. It's H2O. That's uh, it. That's yeah. it. That's yeah, it. What H2O. I, what's, yeah. what's tournament choice? Is that a... I, thought tournament I mean, choice that's an was, academy brand, but I have like I a pair think of it's, it's, H2O, it's, okay. Yeah, H2O, I think, is what it is. That's it. Because they got a bunch of that stuff in there, that H2O. Yeah, As a matter I, of fact, I, I think my... Uh, my uh, my bib is an H two O, so yeah, that's it, it it's a big shrimp. It's definitely a big shrimp. Yeah, yeah. so I like oh. those better than the voodoo. And you know, uh, and I think I think one one of the things we benefit those causeway fishermen 
um, can stick with the plastic longer is be- and they don't have any live shrimp is just because of the bait situation um, this far west, you know. You know? Um, Route yeah. 22 doesn't have doesn't have shrimp anymore, so basically, you you don't you know you don't have anybody fishing live shrimp on the causeway. It's all trestles, so I think that's another reason why um, you see it more. It's more prevalent, you know, farther and, east, and Slidell area. And most of the times when I'm on charters, I don't I don't really use the live shrimp because I'm trying to save it for the clients. Right. So I'm always right. throwing plastic, you know. It's going to work the best. Now, um, like that last uh, post that we've seen from Doug and uh, Anthony saying that it was all live shrimp bite, what would you have suggested? Because in my head, when they were out there, I mean, they were they were chatting on the, you know, on the board, live action. I was like, man, I wish I was out there. But I was thinking, man, just get away from, just totally get away from that crowd, I would think. And um, to where your your bait is the only bait, you know, around there. Right. Um, that would be my initial response. Maybe jump to right. the other bridge or something, you know. But then uh, uh, Dudley's, Dudley's thing is is the more boats they got there using live bait, the more chum you got in the, in, in the water. So Yeah, yeah. I've seen him say that before. So that makes a little sense, too. Well, I guess. You're fishing right next to them. I don't. I mean, I've 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 seen trout, you know, on live shrimp to where when we ran out of live shrimp, the next cast we caught a trout, and then after that was nothing. So I've definitely mm-hmm. seen it to where they they wanted live shrimp. We didn't move or anything, but that next cast, I guess they were still charged up on that live shrimp. They hit that lure, but then yeah. after that lure, it was everybody casting plastic. And that was it. Like they didn't want any of that. So in, and that was warm like weather, and they're more lethargic when it gets closer to summer. They're not uh, feeding as active. Right. Know, as when this, when this water temperature is really perfect, you know, in the 70s. Right. And I think that you're not moving the plastic the way that shrimp's moving it. You could be moving it a little bit too quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Luke was saying, it was using quarter ounce. So it was sinking slower. It was moving slower like shrimp. You know, the shrimp's just sitting there wiggling his legs mm-hmm. most of the time. You know, unless yep. they're on a cork, then they pop it. Mm-hmm. But that lead's holding him in one place down there. So he's just mm-hmm. moving his little legs. You know, surprised we, didn't, we don't get more reports of, I guess, you know, things come and go, and, and that voodoo shrimp is the hot ticket right now. But I used to like to throw the old, uh, what's the shrimp with the treble hook running there, right down the middle? Oh. The, uh, the TKO? Yeah, yeah TKO is two different brands. It was TKO yeah. and, and there was TKO another one. TKO and... Uh, was it an H&H or something? Or, uh, I think it, it might have been an H&H. H&H. They H&H. might have been an H&H. DOA. And you, DOA. DOA, that's it. DOA. Yeah, yeah, that was DOA. It. I got a bunch of them in my box, both of them. I yeah. can't tell them apart. I don't know which one's which. Yeah, it's like uh, those are virtually non-existent anymore. You don't hear anything about them, you know? And it's a good-looking yeah. shrimp. I mean, you pull it, you pull it hard and it... It'll it'll crack, you know that back part will crack. It's the uh, the eye is right in the middle where you tie it, and that 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 shrimp will pop. You know, I'm curious to know why. I guess I guess voodoo is the ticket right now. Everybody's on voodoo, you know. Yeah. The uh, what I want to try and do is uh, when the, when the birds start getting a little bit better in Lake Barn, when the shrimp 
I really start concentrating out there. I want to take that new color with the chromish and uh, the uh, marshmallow and make a mm-hmm. double rig out of it and try it on a popping car. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because, yep. it, I mean, it should work like the old sparkle beetles, you know, except yeah. it's it's yep. a little thinner. I mean, I've had excellent luck on a gunmetal one, which is... Gun, yeah, that's a good color. I, I mean, it's it's a different color than anything else, but for some reason it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's more natural, more of a natural color. Yeah, yeah, it's more like a, like a shrimp color. Yeah, yeah. When you think about well, it. Hook that hook that slug right in the middle and let it let it pop, you know, like a wacky right. rig, you know. All right, anything we can add here before we shut it down? Uh, Luke, how's school going, man? Uh, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same uh, same response I used to have when I was younger. It's going. <laughs> it's going. I mean, I had a final today and a final yesterday. Um. I got three more finals next week, and then I'll be off for the summer. Uh, got okay. good luck. Man. I mean, now, what you what you saying? What, what did you, I saw a post? You said you uh, you're marshaling what, a bass tournament. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that, man. I'm actually I'm really excited. We got uh, it's the BASS the uh, Texas Texas Bass Fest. I think is the name of it or something like that. But uh, oh, it's over in Sam that, I think. It's Wait, what's that? Uh, a friend of mine that used to work for uh, Budweiser's that I know, uh, he's got a bunch of guys he's fishing in a tournament with, I think, because he said when he came back from Texas that uh, he wanted me to take him on a charter trip to the Biloxi Marsh. Okay, so be. The same uh, tournament he's fishing in. Uh, what's his name? His name's Emmett Seafood. Okay. It's little... almost pronounced like my last name, but it, it's his name is S E I V E R D. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he told me he's going to Texas, and they were going, right. uh, and I'm pretty sure he told me in May. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I mean, uh, it, I don't know if it'd be this one though, because I mean, I I know just about everyone fishing. This is a, the elite series that you know goes all over the country. So, uh, okay, it may be a different one, but it's just a coincidence. In, in the yeah, scene. oh, yes. I mean, there's you know, there's a bunch of bass tournaments in Texas all the time, and they could have one on the same lake, you know, like the week before or the week after. Who knows? But, in, uh, yeah, Keith, we got uh, – I knew somebody that they said they need extra marshals to go. So uh, I sent the guy an email, and he emailed me right back, and uh, me and my dad are going to go up there. And um, basically you – this is actually different if you've ever watched the major league fishing. You know, they mm-hmm. like, they weigh the fish as they catch them and then release them. So um, that's how it's going to work. So I'm actually going to have a scale, and I'll be weighing the fish, logging Ooh, the pressure's fish. on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I could be with anybody. I could be with Kevin Van Dam or Jordan Lee. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. That's and learn. Just get out there and learn. I mean. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be taking notes for sure. And then I got, I do have a college tournament in, uh, in the second week of June. It's the, the Bass College Wild Card, which is, 
basically like the last chance you have to make the national championship. So we, we had a tournament in February, and we didn't make it. So we get one more chance, which is this uh, is tournament. That for the team? Yeah, it's for the, for the team, which actually I'm the only – me and two other guys are going, but they're fishing together. So I might be fishing by myself, actually. Mm. So Because um, you have to the, – the rule is you had to fish the – the regional qualifier and to be eligible to fish the wild card, what they call it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go do that. That's in uh, Shelby, Alabama, just south of Birmingham. So um, that's that's really the two big things I got coming up. And then I'm, as soon as I can get home and get some free time between there, I'll be hitting the saltwater again. So for sure. There you uh, go. Get on some redfish and yeah, I got some a, bass. A I built a sight fishing stand for the front of my boat, so I, it's big enough for two people to stand on. So hopefully, I can uh, put it to use real soon. There you go. Well, we welcome you back. Hurry up and get back and um, get some more reports on here. But thanks so much for talking with us. Thanks so much for talking with us, George. And uh, anything else y'all like to add? Not really. I'm, I got something planned with uh, Wanda Stewart next week. She's got somebody oh, yeah? coming. She's got somebody coming in from Florida. Wants to try a new lure he made in the marsh. Ah, she told me. About I don't that. know if yeah. it's a South Florida lure or what, but uh, she called me and invited me to come with him. But uh, I'm supposed to do a fishing trip with her in the Biloxi Marsh uh, sometime this month. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going Thursday night. We're going to go bow fishing in Port Sulphur. So I'll see her Thursday night. I'll I'll warn her about you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope that Laura that he's going to do. Yeah, she gave me the dates. Uh, She told me she had three trips next week. The 7th, which is Sunday, the 9th, and something else. And on the 8th, we're supposed to... uh, take this uh, guy from Florida out, so. Let's hope the Lord. Which is this Monday. Lord of Coloration. Yeah, so. Well, let us know how that goes, man. I think it's going to be good in them days next week. I think this rain is going to be gone, hopefully. Take a few pictures of that lore and post them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I can get him to put a couple of them on me, you know. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You could fill the shelf at Solo Marsh Outfitters. <laughs> All right, guys, y'all go ahead. No, I'm never mind. I'm good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> y'all have a great night, man. All right, All right. y'all too.